Well, I'm so excited to have today a uh, special guest, composer Natalie Holt, who was just nominated for Outstanding Original uh, Main Title Theme Music and Outstanding Music Composition for a series for Loki. Natalie, welcome to the Soundworks Collection uh, podcast. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We we find you today in uh, in L.A. Um, you just came off of Comic Con. What was the energy like coming uh, from from that experience? Oh, it was it was great. Like and um, just such a thrill to get to meet Michael Giacchino. I'm literally like met all my composer heroes this year. <laughs> it's like quite overwhelming. And what is it like meeting? Uh, you know, like that's the hardcore fans. That that is your audience. I mean, those are the people that are huge you know star wars marvel the you know the franchise of the ips the characters that you've composed for what is it like to meet them face to face yeah you just you know realize like how big a deal it is for people and like seeing everyone dressing up and what you know like what the community is um and how much it impacts people's lives so um yeah it's really cool and i think it's been a while since comic-con has been in person as well so it felt like a really special event for everyone yeah. Um, for you, I, I think you've had just a fantastic year. I mean, coming off of Obi-Wan, um, you know, to me, I think it was the most anticipated show coming in, into this year with like, as we start to work our way out of, you know, I think a lot of the um, bottlenecks with the pandemic of things kind of being delayed, not knowing when they're going to be released. What does it what does it feel like to have a little distance now from, uh, you know, those six episodes? Yeah, it, it, it's... Um it's just kind of been a bit of a whirlwind year really because you know with Loki and Obi-Wan within a year of each other it's just like oh I've done a Marvel thing wow and then like <laughs> and a Star Wars um property so yeah it's it's, it's great um and, and it was quite a compressed timeline on that so it was kind of short sharp and then out <laughs> and out yeah uh, how much time have you spent just um, spending uh, w- once a project is done revisiting any of that work? Are you pretty much the type of person that can walk away with the project and feel really satisfied and kind of feel like you, you know, what you set out to do was completed? Or do you ever go back and revisit uh, any of your previous work? Um, I feel like I find it really hard to let go and l- like those small mixed decisions at the end you know, when you're, when you're mixing a cue and it's like, oh, I think we need a bit more, you know, voice or whatever. It's just those micro decisions at the end. And I always feel like if I didn't have a deadline, I would just carry on tweaking them. And that's probably really annoying for my engineers that I work with. But um, yeah, it's sort of, I guess it's good to have these tight deadlines because otherwise we'd probably be, you know, wafting around tweaking things forever um but yeah I don't tend to revisit I don't kind of sit there and and actually well that's not true because often you have to rebalance things for the soundtrack album so that's quite nice because you know I came back and did the soundtrack album for Obi-Wan Kenobi like um you know a a month later so it was it was kind of nice to re-listen to everything and appreciate like how brilliant the orchestra were um, and then just rebalance things a little bit. So, cause sometimes you'll be mixing it so that it's on TV and this is, you're mixing things for people to listen to. So it's a bit of a different um, process, but, or process as you say. Um, so yeah, I guess revisiting it when, when I make the albums is probably, and then, then it's like, 
that that's gone and in the past and on to the next thing. Can you remember or describe the experience of when, you know, the season is released um, and just that feeling, knowing that you've been, you've been chair, you know, moving this project along for a long period, some, some shorter than longer. I, 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 my understanding is that the Obi-Wan was a shorter than Loki, obviously Loki was about a year or so. So is there a difference of feeling for you releasing a, a project depending on how long you work on it? Definitely. I think, um, I mean, I had a year on Loki. Um, so because of pandemic, like I, I don't think, I think it was unusual because they, they were filming and then they got, I think three months um, off. So Kate Heron, the director and I kind of developed the, um, the suite and all the themes and the kind of color palette for the show in that three month period which is just a really long development period on, on, in, for most projects um, and a real treat to, to kind of get that time and get Kate's attention. So, um, yeah, when she went back to film after the lockdown was eased up, um, you know, they had all those, they had the Loki theme and Tom Hiddleston was listening to it and walking around to it on set so that's always the dream when you when you can do something and have it be part of the process early on um and obviously yeah Obi was a little bit more rushed because I only had three months on it so um that's probably more normal but it, it just it's that development time it didn't you didn't quite we didn't quite have the same um time to play I suppose but you know it, it, we, we we also had the kind of um John Williams of it all with with his kind of writing the Obi theme and making sure we were, you know, striking a balance between the traditional Star Wars and bringing something new. So they were both just very different projects and yeah, different timelines. Yeah. What do you appreciate about being living in London, obviously working in LA you know, or wherever you need to go, but how does that separation uh, work maybe with your benefit or how does it help support your process? Does it provide any additional space or just not having to wake up every day and walk out the door and be in LA or? Um, oh my gosh. I just wish that London and LA were not so far away from each other, honestly, because <laughs> I love it here. Like there's such brilliant things about both places. Like I love, you know, friends and the sort of, uh, you know, the mixture and the culture and the, you know, these, you've got these sort of ancient buildings around in London that there, that there aren't in, in LA and but yet you have the sunshine and you know a great it's it's a much more kind of focused community in LA as well because it's so much more this town is is for film and for the industry on the whole um and I feel I really appreciate the kind of composer community that you um that you guys have here um I think it's all a bit more spread out in London but yes what can I say it's 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 straddling between the two <laughs> it's kind of working at the moment the role of a composer is a very singular experience to start off and then it becomes more um collaborative and you incorporate more musicians and obviously like you know as you, the mix process and everything that goes down the line um can you describe your personal uh, experiences of going from a singular to incorporate more people can you let go of the reins and collaborate especially now working on such big projects like loki and obi-wan what, what has it taught you about the process yeah, when you're starting out and you haven't got big budgets to play with and you're just, you know, doing short films, you 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 don't have have the resources to be able to 
often even employ musicians you're just having to create something with what you can play and samples and um and your music editor and producer and you're doing everything yourself so it's it's um it sort of gets easier like as you you get more help as you as you get um onto bigger projects and you know marvel had had a huge team like around there was five music editors so um you know you have you have this big team of people and you're running you've got a lot of people to kind of bounce ideas off as well um which can be good and bad i suppose it's it's um it, it, sometimes it's difficult when there's lots of opinions flying around and what things shouldn't shouldn't be but um yeah i think i've always because I, so i went to the national film and television school and i assisted um a composer martin phipps who's he scored the crown recently and many other things he's fantastic and i assisted him f for about i don't know three or four years and he's very collaborative and i think he he just feels that you know a com sitting in a room on your own is, is is kind of a lonely unrewarding experience and martin's always just bringing musicians in and bringing other composers in and, and you know just kind of making it collaborative and i think coming through that kind of school um you know it's that's kind of how i was like yeah that's how i want to work it's it's nice to to feel part of a a bigger thing and it's 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 so great to have musicians like brings like you you know you come up with a line and then you invite someone in to come and play it and they'll they'll kind of put uh, give it a magic like a kind of oh that that's what I wrote but the way they've played it has just elevated it you know so it, it's just kind of um yeah I love a collaborative way of working I feel like you know getting finding inspiration finding that thread which will kind of kickstart the whole process to get you moving forward um do you find that it's harder to get in, in into projects knowing kind of what's the just the added pressure of the the IP the titles the platform you know the expectation really that goes along with these does that does that does that change how you kind of get into your projects I just think um for me like when i'm trying to be creative and come up with something it's like if i if i allow myself to feel the pressure of like oh millions of people are going to watch this and judge it and you know i wouldn't be able to write anything so i have to just ignore that a bit and i i can't i mean obviously with with star wars i had to think about it more because because i was writing in a in a way that i wanted to kind of blend with what john williams had done and, and be respectful for what for, of what he'd done and lead to his um episode six kind of when the themes were coming back in um so I guess I was more aware of the legacy um with Star Wars but yeah with with Marvel I was just trying to and Kate Heron the director was brilliant she we kind of were in our own bubble and I think everyone was because of COVID and it, you're just sitting in your room and you're just coming up with something that you enjoy and that this person you know you're it, it's just a kind of simple communication between you and the director and then um yeah I think it, you can't think about those pressures otherwise it just stifles your creativity and freedom <laughs> So with that being said, add a layer. I, I I just my son is now 15 months old. I am now just realizing that my previous life is not how my future life will be when it comes to time and priorities and um, you know raising a child. And you know with your daughter, 
Uh, she's seven, eight. How old is she now? Eight. Yeah, she just turned eight. Eight years. Okay. Okay. I'm, I have a few years until my, my son will be that age. But what? How, how do you think you know the balance of family and work has influenced your process? You, you know, being able to be able to be present in both and how they inform each other. So I think it's just makes you prioritize what's important. Um, I, I look back at my twenties, early thirties, when I was. Um, now I'm revealing how old I am, but. Uh, you know, you'll just work all night, just, you know, do crazy, you know, like, yeah, I'll take this short film, no money, like, whatever, you just kind of want to throw yourself in and do loads of projects. And, you know, now I'm like, actually, I'd rather say no to this thing, because I want to be able to take Annie to this school for, you know, I don't want to kind of, like, it's, I made it, I make sacrifices to, like, I had to come and, and record in LA. So I was here for two months. And, my daughter's at school so that's a big sacrifice but it's kind of like all right I feel that it's worth it on this project but I'm always weighing up like the sacrifice of time with with her with with the importance of a, of a job I suppose which so yeah priorities which change as you grow and and have a family yeah who, who to you when when you were coming through the university or, or uh, um thinking about going from a violinist to becoming a po- composer who was a role model to you or a mentor um, uh, who, who was a female, not necessarily a male, but I, I asked that because I, there hasn't been a tradition of having female composers and it's, it's only been in the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years that we've seen this become more of a common um, occurrence, which I think we need more of and we need more representation across the board. And it's so exciting to have these opportunities for, for everyone. What, what, who, who to you gave you that first initial inspiration to pursue becoming a, you know, a film composer and TV composer? Um, I guess that was the, you know, I remember going to watch um, Chocolat and seeing like, oh, uh, Rachel Portman's name. And, and then um, when I was at film school, what did we see? It was the black box. It was a Paul Verhoeven uh, movie which you know like you just kind of as a undergraduate it's like you, you get invited into the studio sometimes and that was Anne Dudley um who was uh recording that I don't even think she'd remember that I'd ever met her but yeah I sat in the back of the of the studio for like an hour or something and, and watched her work and she's kind of fiercely clever and you know she's um that, that was quite inspiring. So, I mean, there are women who've been, you know, she won an Oscar about 15 years ago or something for uh, Full Monty. So there are female figures, but um, I feel that it's becoming more, much more common. And, you know, although I think this year's Oscar nominations were still only, only the men. <laughs> it's sort of made, it's like, but, you know, mid-level projects and Emmys there's there seems to be a good number of women nominated for Emmys this year like Nanita Desai and Jessica Jones as well have been nominated for in the music categories so things are improving what what to you is most exciting just about the current state of tv and film music I feel like um something that I heard you talk about which is what you described as like the unconscious nature kind of a storytelling um where you can be a little you don't have to be out so out front and so traditional um but what you know what has it allowed you knowing that the rules are kind of they're not set in stone that there's opportunity to explore different types of textures or emotions yeah i just i feel like 
you're always working on on these two different levels of like um sometimes you want your music just to be underneath like a sort of subconscious almost textural kind of uncomfortable feeling or whatever you're not adding something that's not above the above the story and then sometimes you want you want something that's on top of what's going on and and you know something memorable that's that's announcing itself that's like its own character in a project but I think it's always just um a balancing act of working with the director and and you know that's what I love about our job as as a composer is just the collaborative nature of it when you know when you see when you're in the dub and you've been working on the music for such a long time then you suddenly see all the foley and all the kind of ADR and and the color grade and everything and you just it just comes alive and it's not just it's not just what you're doing it's just the whole a whole team of people working on a thing and it's just really powerful to be kind of part of something for for a certain period of time a project is it's the magic of the job yeah um looking back i mean you've had some time uh, some distance was again also from the sh- from your transitioning from short films like you mentioned going into episodics a, a lot a lot of times you know from smaller three seasons, six episodes, 20 episodes. Like I think you kind of explored different ranges of series. What to you is still kind of untapped? What, what would you like to, to work in next? What, what would be an exciting opportunity for you? Do you think what are you excited about? Um, well, I suppose the last couple of projects have been sort of superhero uh, oriented. So um, yeah, maybe it would be nice to come back to some, like a, a a drama I don't know I mean I'm, I just feel so lucky I, I I guess it's all about sort of the director and the script and everything and it's just you know um being excited about a project <laughs> that's the main the main thing I'm looking for I suppose do, do you find that in terms say in terms of how relationships are started like you know looking back I look at your from Beckham House Nightfall uh you know um, dead water fell that period of time when you're you've been doing so much work you've had like an incredible track record of consistently delivering these fantastic series uh but not really have the platform that loki provides what what do you changes what how, how does how do you feel like this is maybe not even a first maybe like a, the first act of your career because of of the exposure aspect of loki yeah it's definitely kind of changed my life i would say like the kind of things i'm being considered for now and and like you know I meet people and they're like oh what do you do and you thought oh I did Loki and they've actually heard of it because you know (laughs) I think sadly I mean not sadly it just is what it is but um you know and there's amazing composers working on 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 dramas but it's kind of like if they're not seen and you know um you know it can have a fantastic score there's there's so many things that that have a brilliant score. Like um, I was watching the Andy Warhol uh, documentary on Netflix the other day and I was just thinking, my gosh, it's such a brilliant score. Um, and, you know, it's just great when you, when there's all these interesting people coming up doing docs and, you know, I'm sure they're all kind of leading on to great places, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's finding that project that, that um, gives you that platform that lots of people get to hear your work and, um, get excited by it so yeah it's, it's changed my life it's it's Loki's been been amazing 
How far can you plan out? I know a lot of times composers, you know, they'll say, oh, I have a film coming out, you know, this year and next year. And I kind of know what I'm doing for the next maybe, you know, six to 12 or 18 months. How, how far can you think out in, in front of, uh, in terms of guiding, like you said, uh, being more selective, picking and choosing where your time and energy goes. But how far do you like to think out in terms of when you're not on a deadline, you know, guiding your career, take, building in breaks? What, how would you describe the ebb and flow of, of your life now? Um, uh, being in the position that people are reaching out to you and you don't have to be, you know, looking for your next project. I mean, I mean, you always have to think about your next project, but uh, I'm just worried about the future as much. Like how far do you, how, how far do you like try to think out? Yeah. I suppose just prioritize time with my daughter cause she's eight and you just, you know, it, it goes so fast when you have a child, it's like, Whoa, like these, these, you see like eight, eight years of your life and you know, they go past and, you can kind of measure them against the growth of a human being. It's kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's just balancing interesting work projects with with making sure I get to spend time with her as well. <laughs> um, I don't want to kind of. Uh, I think I was talking to um, Carter Burwell. We did a panel together, and I think some composers are really happy to just work on lots of things at the same time and. Um, I've tried to do that a bit like some there's been some overlap with things but it's generally not pleasurable and I like to really like the thing that was such a joy with Loki was just sort of feeling like I was living in that world and like completely kind of in with that character and in in that headspace of a project um and just feeling a synergy with it and I just feel like I don't know because I haven't done it, but if you have loads of things going on at the same time, I can't imagine having that deep connection with a project. So, yeah, I think it's just making sure that you don't take too much on and that things remain exciting and that you can kind of give everything your your best work. Yeah, that's great advice. But is, is there any additional advice you'd give yourself uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago? What would you tell Natalie back then? What What things you can walk away, you don't need to... Think about it more. Or what you know? What what tip would you give yourself? Yeah, I, I guess I was. I've always just been quite <laughs> anxious that like, oh God, I I'm, you know, not gonna. Yeah, I, I suppose it's been it's that thing where you get a job and then you're like, how am I gonna come up with something new for this? And it's that period at the beginning of a job where you just feel this anxiety of like, oh God, I've got a blank page. Um, but it's kind of like that's part of the process as well, I think, that I'm starting to realise. And it's like you have to sort of embrace the uncomfortableness of that early stage of a project. And then it almost starts to kind of it's like riding a bike. It, once you sort of get going, it, it kind of takes off and it always gets easier. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that's good advice. <laughs> but It's just like being more familiar with the process and, and what you need to um make your process work as well i think it's really important to understand what you need as a composer and creative person to to do deliver your best work yeah um uh, lastly here you know you both with obi-wan and loki obviously pre-existing ips and characters and you know the shadow of john williams is omnipresent and the characters like there's a lifetime behind us of these of li of having these characters in our world um what have you found in terms of your process of 
trying to be true to yourself and your voice and and what your vision is and protecting um or being you know um i guess uh, being conscious that there's a legacy here but um how, how, how what's your what's your your tip to others of knowing that your voice is important and that you should protect it and that you you know you were hired for this these projects because of your unique voice but then you also have the shadow of you know the ips and whatnot how do you how do you stay true to both oh well i mean we, we you have your kind of what like a ideal work situation don't you and and sometimes i feel like it switches to just like if there's a deadline and you know you're kind of like okay we have to just get this over the line and sometimes you you know it just it's just everything it, I, I always feel like that stuff is quite variable on on just kind of uh yeah I guess this the, <laughs> like if you've got a, a deadline and stress looming over you um sometimes it can be really motivating and you know sometimes I write my best work like when I'm just quickly rushing to get something over to orchestration. Um, but yes, it, it, it was uh, definitely slightly terrifying to when I landed that job at the beginning, it took me a minute to just like, Oh my God, I'm <laughs> like doing working on star Wars and just to get my head around it and relax into, into, into the job it took, it took a minute, but yeah. <laughs> Was it was it not into the premieres for these shows that you had a chance to see it uh, experience it with an audience or in a theater since these are streaming shows? Yeah, so um I had watched it we'd I'd been in, remoting into Skywalker Ranch where they'd been doing the dub. Um so I had kind of seen uh you know I always quite like to be in on the dub and just check that the music isn't like too quiet generally like can we turn the music up please that's kind of what I tend to say to people but um yeah it was amazing because we what we had the Star Wars celebration at the um, Anaheim Convention Center so I think it was like a a 40,000 it's like a um you know a sports stadium just full of Star Wars fans um watching watching the sh the first two episodes so that was incredible and you know hearing them laughing and just reacting to it and enjoying it was, it was great yeah i find that sometimes experiencing your work with an audience is kind of the can be the um the most gratifying aspect of of the pro of all the blood blood sweat and tears <laughs> you went through to know that you know the people that you th you know are going to be experiencing this it, it is being received what you're putting out there so yeah that's so exciting and obviously, like um, John Williams was there as well, so I got to chat to him in the dressing room, which is like I'm glad. So I, they, they wanted it to be a surprise um, that he was there, but I'm glad I, I knew that he was going to be there, so I had time to prepare myself because I think if I just, you know, met him unexpectedly, I would have been a mess. Because <laughs> he's kind of um, the reason I got into film composing. Um, you know his ET scores and. You know he's he's an incredible uh, incredible figure in our industry. So it was yeah incredible, amazing to get to work with him and and meet him this year. It's just been a dream. Well, I'm so grateful and excited. Um, congratulations again. I mean, both on both of these nominations, I feel like uh, even though Loki came out, you know, back in 2021, we're still there's still audiences that are celebrating and ex and experiencing it for the first time. I remember 
when I watched it the first time. It's, there's nothing quite like watching any of these series the first time through. That's why I was asking initially, do you go back and rewatch your work? Because sometimes you might, and you know, then you can kind of look at it with a different perspective. But um, yeah, for anyone who hasn't had a chance, definitely check out Loki and Obi-Wan Kenobi, both on Disney+. And uh, Natalie, thank you so much for your time and congratulations again. I'm, I'm so excited Aww, for, what's, for Batgirl and what's next for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Loki season two. <laughs>